All right, g'day guys. So I wanted to jump on here as big topic of conversation at the moment is Adam Bant and Lydia Thorpe choosing to reject the Australian flag or reject standing with the Australian flag. Andy, what do you think about that? Oh, I'm disgusted, mate. I think it's divisive and horrendous and never should have happened. What about you, Chris? I disagree with it. If he wanted to bring it up, he should have done that before the election. Um, but I agree with free speech. So if that's what he was trying to get at, I understand, but I disagree with what he's done. Okay. Now, both of you gentlemen are veterans. Talk to us a little bit about why the Australian flag is important to you, Andy. Well, there's a lot of history under that flag. I've got uh, four generations in my family that have fought under this flag. Um, it's a flag that I, I think we hold with a lot of honour and dignity. Um, and it's something I take personal pride in. It's it's why I chose to represent this nation with the Defence Force. So for me, the flag is a very important symbol of who we are as a people, as one nation united. Now, Chris, the Greens are predominantly from down there in Victoria. You know, there's always these sort of conversations around the flag having connotations to being part of, you know, the colonialism and acts towards um, Aboriginal and Indigenous Australians. Like, what's your view on it now, looking at it from a sort of Victorian uh, more social aspect. Victoria, it seems to be different from the rest of Australia. Australia Day, we call Invasion Day down here. You've got Triple J's 100. They never want to have it on Australia Day anymore. It seems to be very divisive. Like it's not the community elders that seem to be having this issue. It seems to be virtual signaling people from certain groups who are doing it to win votes by saying whatever it is they feel that people want to say and it gets attention so i understand why they're doing it but i don't think it's the right thing to be doing why is that why don't you think it's the right thing to be doing because it seems to be one person going out on a limb and saying something as opposed to like if they'd stood up with an elder who was saying these things then it would bring a lot more credit than somebody who then after they've been elected said that yeah they lied about pledging allegiance to the Queen and all that sort of stuff just to get in to then try and blow it up from the inside. So Veteran Support Force set up a survey to ask people what they thought about it. We've currently got close to 20,000 signatures. Even a whole bunch of the comments we got from Indigenous First Nation leaders, uh, also people who are Aboriginals and are veterans, and they've said exactly the same as you, Chris. You know, this does not represent the majority, even the minority uh, of the actual First Nation people who should be the ones having these conversations, let alone Adam Bant being the person standing up professing to know exactly what this means. That's not suffice to say that this isn't a contentious topic, but I don't know about you, Andy, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's the place of a Australian democratically elected and newly elected senator to, as one of his first actions, separate our flag at a time when people are trying to talk about our reconciliation and a path forward over the next three years of this election term. I think it is what it is. It's a political stunt. Adam Bant's done this. If you look back at 2018 when he first took office, he accused Jim Mullen of, of as being a war criminal and later had to apologise yeah. for it. So, you know, I, I see an apology coming. The guy is idiotic in, in what he's doing. It is divisive no matter what side of the argument you're on. I believe there's a discussion there that can and needs to be had as a nation, but it's got nothing to do with creating division. He's in a position of leadership and he's not leading, he's dividing. So that is my big issue with it. When I see the Australian flag, it reminds me of friends and colleagues that we've lost, you know, that flag draped yeah. across their coffins as they're brought home and then we yeah. lay them to rest. So it's got a, a lot of emotion tied to it. Again, I'm I'm very pro freedom of speech so 
when people protest or they do something like that, I'm very aware that if you try and shut one side of the argument down, then we can't have a discussion anymore. I just feel like there's better ways of going about it than just the current way that Adam Bant and Lydia have been going about it. But on the flip side, it's got them all this traction. We're now speaking about it. The media give them more, far more attention than anyone else does. Like, I feel like it opened up a whole new argument to does the means meet, you know, the end. In the Victorian election, do I just run around saying a whole bunch of outlandish statements that I can't achieve or have no interest in doing? And then after I get elected, say, psych, that's not actually what I was all about. So I feel like it, it's a means to an end for her to get her point across. But has she duped, you know, 550,000 or whatever it was votes that she got into electing her for now six years for an agenda that she wasn't actually pushing during the election? Yeah, really good questions. Really, really good questions. Wouldn't you love to be able to go back to those who did vote one for Greens there in the Victorian Senate and ask them that question? With Senate seats, is it's a six-year deal. And I don't think people understand that it's six years. It's not just a three-year one that you can get to replace. Like, she's there for six years now. So the next election, her seat is not up. She will be there anyway. But again, this is another education point where nobody knows about that sort of thing. Yeah. All right, quickly jumping into what this has done is bring up a few conversations surrounding the flag. Now, you know, I've gone out pretty hard on social media because like you, Andy, as you explained, that flag is a very sentimental place from being draped on coffins, being worn on our uniforms. It's a a key symbol of a large part of our service. And the Australian flag in its current form uh, first came about, I think it was 1903 after a competition. And look, it wasn't the official flag during World War I or World War II, even though it was flown in different adaptations. But particularly for our generation, my father's generation, my grandfather's career in Vietnam, like that was the flag and a lot of people still say that the union jack in the flag is that hurtful element that is that symbol for the colonial actions of the british in taking over australia from the first nations peoples but people now say you know this calls for a revision of a flag and there's all these conversations about reconciliation uh, labor even appointing a assistant minister for the republic what are your guys thought on that conversation that has been opened up as people start to henpeck at the flag you know is this something we should be looking at as a result of this is this something that we should be looking at in due course as a part of a wider republican conversation i'm really keen on what you think andy yeah look i'm all up for conversations around this particularly around australia being a republic you know we've gone to vote a number of times and australia has voted to remain a constitutional monarchy under the current system look i i'm actually quite pro becoming a, a, a republic and a nation of our own in our own right. There's pros and cons for that. There's really wide-ranging debates on how that can impact us as a nation, impact our, our rights and our freedoms under the constitution, you know, rewriting laws, reviewing the constitution. These are all really important topics. And I think Australia is ready to to really get into a deep dive and discussion around these significant issues. I think we need to honour our history and recognise where we've come from in doing that. You know, rewriting history or pretending it didn't happen a certain way that it did helps no one. We need to learn from our history in order to be better and do better. Yes, we have a colonial past. You know, Australia was a was a penal colony under under British rule. This is all part of our history and it is what makes up the really diverse and, and beautiful landscape that Australia is as a, as a people and a nation. We can't just simply ignore or remove parts of our history because we don't like it or certain aspects yeah. or, or parts of the community don't like it. I think we need to have honest and open 
communication and discussion about where we see ourselves going as a country in the future. At the moment, there is an identity crisis in Australia. I think we've discussed that at length, Heston. You've put out some articles about that. Um, and I think the Anzac spirit is, like you've, you've mentioned, is one of those key focus points as who we are as a nation and a people. And we need to focus on the things that bring us together, that unify us. Uh, things like our multiculturalism, you know, one of the most multicultural nations on the planet that proves people from all backgrounds can live harmoniously together. We have a, a very peaceful nation and the people here are, are very wealthy. We've got great success. We've got amazing resources. We've got a great massive expanse of land that can mm. accommodate a growing population. But who are we as a nation? And that is the bigger question that I think needs to be answered and at the moment, unfortunately, is not being answered or addressed by the political leadership uh, in this country from any party. I, I really don't see a lot of leadership as who we are as a nation coming out of the people that are chosen to represent us in Canberra. Yeah, and we've had those conversations about that leadership piece. You want a higher performance, you need a higher purpose. And I'm 100% with you that this is all stemming from a national identity crisis. I firmly believe that you know, as we start henpecking on these issues and as what may seem simple actions like moving a flag, you know, actually hit into that deep patriotic or nationalistic vein that some people do have, particularly with such symbols that are carried and custodian by our armed forces. I definitely think, you know, coming out of COVID, we saw our states pulling each other apart, making laws superseding that of the federal. You know, one key issue there is federation and the federated model something that should still be progressing forward with now such a freely and readily accessible uh, national society and, and international society. Uh, you know, through to, I'm a traditionalist at heart, and uh, I think this time needs to be spent now, as sadly Queen Elizabeth does look like she is uh, in the next, you know, at least maybe not the next election cycle, but the one after that will likely be replaced by Charles. And that's the time where we have these opportunities to look to have these conversations, plan them pragmatically, involve all elements of our community to potentially re-establish a new Australian identity, an independent Australia, a Republic Australia, whatever you want to call it. I think there's actually a tremendous opportunity. And I'm actually just afraid that actions like Adam Bant and Lydia Thorpe, their pure petulance in approaching these topics had the potential to sabotage what might actually be a very constructive conversation that is then put to a referendum to the people and voted on logically uh, as opposed to ideologically and emotionally what are your thoughts on this whole piece chris i'm with you on the queen i think as long as the queen's in i'm pro staying with the queen um, i am open yep. to the republic conversation being that there's a lot of other good i think we can get out of that like just the voting system in general like a lot of the major cities now are making all the decisions for regional i do like how the americans have the college sort of set up where there's Regional have a certain amount of votes, city have a certain amount of votes. I'm also conscious that Victoria might be quite divided between metro and regional. Even just in the lockdowns, you can see you know, metro got locked down and they were pro it versus regional being out of it. And they're just like, what are we doing? I live four hectares from someone else. Is that really yeah. a thing? As for the flag, I, I like the Australian flag and I'm pretty sure the First Nations people enjoy having their own flag and the Torres Strait Islanders people have got their own flag. I just don't know anyone that's going to be happy with a mishmash of those flags. You know, like the First Nations, if they're one-third, Australians get one-third, Torres Strait Islanders get one-third, is somebody going to be 
upset that they should have had half of it or if the colours should have been their colours and that sort of thing? Or do we have a completely new flag that doesn't have anything to do with any of those other ones? I just feel like the debate for that is just going to be craziness at the moment, but I think it'll be easier to make us a republic than it would be to change the flag. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think they all, you know, for me, the flag is a byproduct. It's the symbol of the nation. You know, you can't just go changing symbols. Like that symbol has to be the end state of that cultural discussion, that paradigm shift, that long conversation, a referendum that comes within a democratic society as we have here. But uh, it's good. It's good to break down these conversations with you, gentlemen. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to listen to more, you can find it on any of your streaming services. Simply look for Heston Russell Podcast. Otherwise, head to hestonrussell.com and select the podcast tab to listen to more episodes. You can also watch this podcast via my YouTube, Heston Russell. And always feel free to reach out to myself or any of the team by sending an email with your feedback to hello at hestonrussell.com. Otherwise, you can follow me on my social media, primarily Instagram at Heston Russell. Otherwise, thanks again for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you the next episode of the Heston Russell podcast.